0: BLOB TALK RADIO Listening to U.S. Defense Watch Radio on the front lines of truth and liberty. o'clock in los angeles california probably one of the warmest places in the united states now and this is ray starman your host on u.s defense watch radio we've got a great show tonight an hour-long show titled the good the bad and the ugly actually i wanted to do the lead in with the uh, great soundtrack from the movie the good the bad and the ugly a little technical difficulties here at u.s defense watch uh, radio studios maybe i'll have a meltdown like Lawrence o'donnell from msnbc and start throwing stuff and screaming at all my interns Uh, No, that's just not the way things happen at U.S. Defense Watch Radio. A little bit calmer here. We just roll with something else. That was a theme from the 1969 movie with Michael Caine, Cliff Robertson, and Henry Fonda. Too late, the hero. Today's subject: We're going to talk about the Pentagon's many successes and failures in 2017. And another action-packed, no-holds-barred, politically incorrect show here on U.S. Defense Watch Radio. Talking about the good, the bad, and there's a lot of ugly going on in the U.S. military right now. But First, as I always do, we're going to talk about uh, cover some of the news here for about five minutes before we get into the uh, subject for the day. As everybody knows, it is cold out there in America. Probably the only two warm places in the United States now are Southern California. Uh, I'm going to take a temperature reading right now and tell the audience what exactly the temperature is. Whoa, it is cold here in Los Angeles, 55 degrees along the ocean. I don't know if I can handle it. Uh, Florida is pretty warm as well. Maybe South Texas, way down there by the Mexican border. The rest of you are freezing. I'm looking at some temperatures right now. We got Green Bay, Wisconsin, is about uh, 12 below. Chicago, 8 below. Cincinnati is at uh, 2 degrees. Philadelphia is going to be uh, is actually at 16 degrees right now. Manhattan looks like it's about uh, 2 degrees out right now in Manhattan. Unbelievable. Big. Big polar vortex, Arctic chill, and it doesn't look like it's going to stop. Actually, this cold weather—it so looks like it's going to uh, hang in there for about another 36 or 48 hours. And also in the Midwest, there's some snow coming. Uh, I know Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. North Dakota today—the record temperature, 55 degrees below zero. So wind chill, folks, is cold without wind chill. So anybody wants to move to North Dakota, just bundle up. There's a lot of good jobs there, actually, in the, uh, in the oil industry. Let's take a look at some more of the news uh, with also some weather news here. Niagara Falls freezes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that has happened before. It's very not, not very much. Probably it happens like once a decade. Niagara Falls freezes. So if you're out there, uh, don't try to sled down there. It's a, it's a pretty pretty severe drop. Just don't try that at home. Take a look at some other stories. Uh, Mueller, the year ahead. What will happen with the fake, concocted, imaginary Russian collusion story and probe. Hopefully, uh, Jeff Sessions will wake up from his hibernation, wherever little cave he's sleeping in right now as Attorney General, and he's actually going to get off his stuff and do something. There are actually people who think he is doing things and just playing possum. Your guess is as good as mine. It's 50-50. He could be hiding out in a cave, hibernating. On the other hand, he could actually be doing stuff and he's just keeping all close to his chest. Your guess is as good as mine. I said, another big story internationally Iran rocked by protest. Um, you know, this happened a few years ago. The, uh, the young people of Iran, the young people of Iran are our friend. They do not like the government there run by a bunch of psychotic mullahs. They want changes, they want economic prosperity. Uh, they want to live like some of the Iranians that uh, got away in 70, uh, 78 and 79 came to the United States and, and, and Beverly Hills are living right now. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That, uh, that is a growing story. And, uh, you know, there's no government in history right now in the last 20 years that deserves to go down more than the Iranian government. I mean, how they have avoided a major league ass kicking at the hands of the United States military is uh, just a testament basically to to luck on their on their point on their part they were of course behind the b eighty three bombing on the runway there at uh, Berlin international Airport or Beirut international Airport that uh, killed a couple hundred marines they uh, that was a hezbollah bomb that uh, the Iranians were behind Ronald reagan uh, strangely did not uh, did not react to that uh, He just pulled out and uh, he moved on. That was uh, unusual that he he would have done something like that let's take a look at some more uh, more news right here. 4,655 reported UFO sightings in 2017, 490 in California. Stay tuned for uh, some more stuff on that. Of course, we, uh, we don't cover UFOs at U.S. Defense Watch, but it's still a pretty cool subject. And, uh, you know, something I'm going to be talking about uh, probably on either uh, tomorrow's show or if I'm on it at uh, New Year's Day is what's going on in Europe with the, the, insane, the insane immigration policies of the EU, which are basically no immigration policies, just overrun the continent with people from the Middle East, have no idea who these people are, no idea. And uh, in, in Berlin, they've now created uh, near the Brandenburg Gate, having a huge uh, New Year's party. Brandenburg Gate, you've all seen it, you know, the, uh, the main gate there in, in the center of Berlin where the old newsreels of the, the Nazis uh, driving through Hitler in his open sedan, uh, waving to the crowd. They're actually having a New Year's party there, and they created a state zone for women because uh, you know they're so worried that their uh, new guests from the Islamic world are going to go on a rape and crime spree there on New Year's night. Stay tuned for that, and uh, I'm not counting on the German police to uh, have the guts to do anything. These are not the, uh, the same people that, uh, that took over, almost took over the world 70 years ago. They're basically just uh, politically correct men in, uh, in gardening clogs. When we come back on U.S. Defense Watch, we're going to talk about, like I said, the good, the bad, and the ugly in 2017, all the stuff going on in the U.S. military, what we've done right, some of the stuff we've done wrong and continuing to doing doing wrong under Secretary of Defense General Mattis. And we'll be right back on U.S. Defense Watch. back on U.S. Defense Watch Radio. That was, of course, the theme from the 1969 movie, The Bridge of Remagen. And uh, as a a film buff, some of you have seen probably every war movie ever made, uh, probably 100 times over. I like a lot of the soundtracks. They're great. I'll be playing a lot of them on U.S. Defense Watch Radio, little pieces of them, snippets. I know people don't want to listen to three minutes of the Bridge of Remagen soundtrack, but you can if you go to uh, YouTube or Vimeo. That movie came out in 1969. The true story of american ingenuity and daring guts bravado how we saw an opportunity to seize a bridge over the rhine and we did it did the u.s military do something like that in 2017 do we have anybody left who's got any guts in the u.s military in a senior position i don't know i don't know but let's talk about the first topic first the good what happened in 2017 in the US military that could be classified under good we're doing one thing right and we're doing it well we are kicking the living hell out of ISIS okay like Donald Trump promised that he was going to bomb ISIS to the gates of Hades and he is doing so not only with drone attacks not only with bombing But we are coming for ISIS on land, we are coming for you on sea, we are coming from air. If we don't hit you with a drone strike, we're coming at night and we're going to slit your throat while you sleep. And that is the one big thing the U.S. military is doing well in 2017. ISIS has lost 98% of its territory in the Middle East since President Donald Trump took the oath of office. So really, I mean, I I think with all the other things that I'm going to talk about uh, after that, the, the, the war on ISIS is really gone well now. There's a uh, you know there's there's people that say well okay we're gonna you know these guys are losing ground this is they're, they're, you know ISIS is a strange being because it's an insurgency in some ways but it's also paramilitary force. They've lost almost all their ground all their territory. I mean they they almost they had land they had enough land last year before Trump came in about the size of Ohio spread out. In Syria and Iraq, in the Middle East, and think about that. Now they've lost almost all of it. What are they controlling? Something area the size of Cleveland. Well, I don't think ISIS wants Cleveland. Um, but anyway, the uh, the fact is that uh, you know where are these guys going to go? We're killing a lot of them. We're killing a lot of them, but some of them are going to fade out of there, and they're going to disappear into a place that has welcoming, them, welcoming, welcoming Islam and Muslims with open arms. Western Europe, come on in. We don't know who you are, but come on in because Angela Merkel said it's all a great idea. Merkel keeps saying, "Oh, you know, uh, wir schaffen das, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to pull it out." Uh, no, no, Merkel, you're not going to pull it out. It's a disaster. You are bringing in a Stone Age culture to Western Europe. It's a failure. It's an ongoing failure. And realize it is a failure. But like I said, that's a subject for another show, probably tomorrow or the next day. ISIS is on the run. Watch out, because they're going to try to keep pulling stuff going on, terrorist actions in Western Europe. Because one, they know that they can get away with it. They know that the governments of Western Europe are run by worms. Theresa May, worm. Merkel, worm. That little spineless twerp that was just elected in France. Macron, globalist puppet, worm okay sweden denmark norway you know any people are watching the vikings i've been watching the vikings on uh, on amazon and, and you know i'm just laughing at myself you know the the, the 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 scandinavians today have absolutely nothing left no viking left in them nothing no fight nothing they're just feminized politically correct twerps or letting their society being overrun by a bunch of knuckleheads from the from the Middle East, and watch out because these guys are on the they're they're on the run. We've got them on the run, and they're going to go to Europe, most likely. They're going to conduct terrorist operations. They can do some stuff in in, uh, in Africa, other parts of the Middle East, obviously. Uh, the United States a little bit harder for them logistically. They got to get here. Uh, they know darn well that uh, there are 250 million guns in this country and millions of gun owners who are not Europeans. Western Europeans. Eastern Europeans are not putting up with this. And that's a whole different story in itself. So, one of the great successes of 2017 for the Pentagon, you put ISIS on the right. You know, I used to love watching the briefings when the Obama administration, yeah, I think it was the second one, when Operation Inherent Resolve. The Obama administration's taking the. F- They've really got them on the run. And they'd get Admiral, uh, Rear Admiral Kirby up there, who is sort of the Pentagon's version of Mr. Rogers. He'd be out there, you know, his little organ grinder, smoke and mirrors machine. Uh, we've launched uh, uh, 20 air sorties today. Uh, how many actually uh, conducted the uh, bombing of those 20 uh, planes? A sortie is one plane on one mission there and back. And what would happen is they'd send 20, 20 missions out, 20 strike missions against ISIS. About 19 of them, 18 of them would be called back. Because, you know, one of Ben Rhodes' buddies in the White House realized that, my God, if we drop bombs, we're going to be destroying the West uh, Syrian desert tortoise. We've got to call this mission off. Or, my God, you know, when we drop these bombs on ISIS, we may actually kill some of these guys. We can't do this because this is how Democrats wage war. With one finger, barely, a fingernail, a half of it, a hanging fingernail. So this could go on and on. Kirby would be up there every day. Briefing this ridiculous, asinine, 5 o'clock Charlie uh, air mission that we had, okay? And anybody who been in the military knew it was a complete joke. Kirby knew it was a joke, but he's a deep state idiot, too. They moved to the State Department. He took off his Navy uniform, put on a suit. I don't know where he is right now. I think I saw him on CNN. He was sitting next to that other idiot, Phil Mudd from CIA. Okay, so enough on ISIS. Like I said, we really did well with that one. Very, very well. Another good one I consider good. Some people, uh, a few people I know, the, 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 the two or three people I still know that are on active duty, they, don't, they think it's a waste of time. But the Army is going to make a final decision on the pinks and greens. It's the new uniform, it's a new Class A uniform. The Pinks and greens, everybody's seen a World War II movie. It's the old green jacket with the, uh, the khaki, sort of dark khaki pants. They call them pinks and greens. And uh, you know, here's an Army Times uh, article from three days ago. I love the Army Times. It, it's sort of always, you know, no matter what happens, the Army Times puts this uh, fresh, beautiful paint coat on it. You know, everything is wonderful. Everything is wonderful. So, but anyway, you know, they, they can't do much with this article, but they're basically saying that General Milley has ordered his pinks and greens. So I, I think that's probably, and so is Sergeant and Major of the Army, Command Sergeant Major of the Army, Dan Daly. They've put in an order for their pinks and greens. So I, I would, I would probably think that if the good, general was ordered his uniform it's probably going to be a go so any any of you people that are on active duty hey you get to wear a cool uniform a cool uniform you won't uh, be mistaken for an east german border guard like i was when i was walking through uh, east berlin in 1989 in my class b puke green shirt with my service cap and my dark green pants and i had somebody uh, who was a brit who thought i was a east german border guard oh boy When we come back on U.S. Defense Watch Radio, we've got about 43 minutes left. We're going to talk about the bad. Oh, yeah. The bad is bad, but even worse than the bad is the ugly, and there's a lot of it. We'll be right back on U.S. Defense Watch Radio. back on U.S. Defense Watch Radio. This is your host, Ray Starman, also the editor-in-chief and founder of usdefensewatch.com, a site that's been around for about two years with more action-packed, no-holds-barred, politically incorrect articles, curated, and original content from myself and the U.S. Defense Watch contributors like Joe Raganese and Jay Stewart-Cook and Frosty Woolridge out there. And we've had other people as well that have contributed. Those are consistent contributors on usdefensewatch.com. if you'd like to contribute an article to usdefensewatch.com just contact us at usdefensewatch at gmail.com just send the article and we'll take a look so as i said we've already gone through the good we had a couple things maybe a new uniform beating the hell out of isis okay now let's get into the bad Part I enjoy the most because there is a lot of bad stuff going on in U.S. military. Stu- still, the mad dog and fighting Joe Dunford are not taking care of everything yet. Perhaps they're distracted. Perhaps. Perhaps. And uh, let's talk about the bad. The, uh, let's have a look at the Army's uh, armor and, and mechanized capabilities. The, uh, there was a great article came out a few years ago, a couple years ago, by a, a guy named Lieutenant Colonel Gentile. I can't remember his first name. It's an armor officer, basically saying that it was called the death of the armor corps. You can find it on usdefensewatch.com. And he just basically said that, you know, we're so focused fighting these insurgencies in the Middle East that basically we've abandoned our armored and mechanized capabilities. I know what you're saying, but, Ray, I saw a picture uh, on uh, the Drudge report of a uh, U.S. striker vehicle on the move in Czechoslovakia. Okay. Yes, we still have stuff. But he was, Colonel Gentile was talking about the armor force as a whole. Okay, It is a shadow of its former greatness. Okay? The mil- army was so focused on fighting these, these guys in Iraq that it was sort of the every guy and girl is Lawrence of Arabia mentality took over the military. And armored cavalry was abandoned, armored units were abandoned. Mechanized infantry was abandoned. You know, those, those were the units that were going to fight the Russians and fold the gap. Uh, that was Those were the units that won Desert Storm. Those were the units actually that uh, participated in the initial invasion of Iraq in 2003. In 2003, the problem with the war in Iraq is when we started, we had the force to move in. We just didn't have enough guys to hold it. I don't know what Donald Rumsfeld thought was going to happen. And there's another former aviator guy we thought, you know, we were going to be able to seize season and hold ground just with planes. We moved in, we secure, we, we, we took it, but we couldn't secure it and keep it in the long run. We just, you know, we, we didn't have enough guys. That's another story in itself. Anyway, the U S military army armored and mechanized capabilities are really in the toilet right now, but the army knows it. It's trying to recover from what I've heard. I've got a few sources. They're involved with training, uh, Armored and mechanized forces. Basically, the army is jumping through hoops of fire right now, trying to recover uh, what it's lost in the last 15 years. Should say, let's say 10 years. 10 years. In a nutshell, the army, and they do it all the time, and we're we're pretty good at doing it, but it's 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 just difficult. We're trying to just rebuild really fast. You know, we did that in World War II. We uh, weren't focused at all. Our military was you know was nothing. And then we just expanded overnight, but we had a steep learning curve. So that's what the Army's trying to do now. They're trying to go back to, you know, desert storm, pre-desert storm, armored skill capability. Um, and they're trying to do it, uh, you know, overnight. And uh, according to quote one of my friends, there's a steep learning curve. You've got uh, senior uh, sergeants, officers, don't even know how to run a range, combined arms range. I haven't even qualified a tanker, or Bradley in years don't even know how to qualify in one because like I said, the army came up, you know, we we're fighting these insurgents. Everybody is Lawrence of Arabia. You're going to go sit down with the local Iman. You're going to have some tea and uh, you're going to send out a uh, squad, search this, uh, streets, yada, yada, yada. There's no, it's almost like we just became a complete light force. And obviously there's a, there's, there's a purpose for all that stuff, but uh, we, you know, the army was, uh, has to have, uh, it has to be multi-dimensional. so that's the bad. The Army's trying to recover and um, they're jumping through hoops of fire as we speak right now, trying to do that. Talk about some more of the bad. <sighs> whoa, the Navy. you know I was uh, I had some Navy music I was trying to load up, but for some reason I had technical difficulties here at U.S Defense Watch Studios and no, I won't overreact like Lawrence O'Donnell and start screaming at people because I'm a nice guy, I'm not a jerk like Lawrence O'Donnell. Um, okay, let's talk about the U.S. Navy. Everybody uh, who's paid any attention to military defense news in the last year has is talk- is paid- is seen these stories of the collisions that the Navy has had. Our surface Navy is in trouble. It really is. Let's go through some of these uh, these collisions that happened in, in 2017. Uh Okay, here's one. A Japanese, the USS Benfold, the Japanese tugboat lost propulsion and drifted in the USS Benfold in a bay off central Japan, causing minor damage to the guided missile destroyer. Hmm. That's an interesting one. then there was the USS John S. McCain, the Navy guided missile destroyer, which collided with an oil tanker about 15 nautical miles east of Singapore on August 21, 2017. The collision left 10 sailors dead. The McCain sustained significant hull damage with flooding and berthing compartments as well as machinery and communications rooms. Two days after this, which at the time was the year's uh, fourth collision involving a U.S. warship in East Asian waters, the Navy relieved Vice Admiral Joseph o- O'Coin of his duty as the U.S. Seventh Fleet Commander. we got the Fitzgerald. USS Fitzgerald collided with the container ship MC Crystal off the coast of Japan on June 17th, resulting in the deaths of seven U.S. sailors. The bow of the cargo ship tore a hole in the Fitzgerald's side. The Navy provided a harrowing account of U.S. sailors attempting to escape a rapidly flooding sleeping area. The 35 sailors in the sleeping area at the time of the collision, 28 were able to escape, but the remaining seven sailors died. The USS Champlain, Champlain. in May, a South Korean fishing boat struck the USS Lake Champlain Champlain, while the Navy warship was conducting operations in international waters near the Korean peninsula. No injuries were reported. The 60- to 70-foot long fishing vessel collided with the Champlain, a 568-foot Ticonderoga-class guided missile cruiser. USS Antietam. In late January 2017, the guided missile cruiser USS Antietam ran aground while trying to anchor in Tokyo Bay. The ship damaged its propellers and spilled hydraulic oil into the water off the coast of Japan. No injuries were reported. People are asking, you know, what what the heck is going on with the U.S. Navy? Um, And I think some of the comments people have made to me that I know a lot more about the Navy than I ever will. In my knowledge of the Navy, is, basically, is just basically books I've read and movies I've seen. I, was, I did not serve in the Navy. I was in the Army. But uh, apparently, the surface warfare officers, like all junior officers in the military, have to go to their, what the Army calls officer basic course, where you basically learn about your brain, the infantry, You go to the infantry officer basic course. You learn how to be an infantry officer. You don't learn how to be a signal corps officer. You learn how to be an infantry officer. And the Navy used to do that. If you, were going to be, if you were going to be a ship driver, you were going to go to surface warfare school. And uh, you know that was one road to becoming an admiral. Well, about, <laughs> about 15 years ago, the Navy decided that, you know what? It costs too much to send these guys to the surface warfare school for a few months. Let's just have it where an officer reports on a ship – and we give him a bag of DVDs to watch and CDs to listen to or whatever, videotapes, and he kind of just does it himself, okay? And there, there's there's no organization, there's nothing. You just show up and you kind of just learn on the job. Well, obviously, it's bared fruit that it's a total disaster. The U.S. Surface Navy is now a disaster with guys who don't know their own jobs. And, and, I, and people say, oh, the Navy's overtaxed. They're trying to do all this stuff where they don't have enough people, you know, they're et cetera, et cetera. The bottom line is the, the fundamental building blocks of becoming a surface warfare officer are in the toilet. Thank you, Barack Obama and Ray, worst Secretary of the Navy, Mabus. Yes, you heard it right here on U.S. Defense Watch Radio. Ray Mabus, not only an idiot, the worst Secretary of Navy in the Navy's long and glorious history. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I, uh, most young officers when they're 22 23, i don't really know if they have the discipline to sit there and watch those videotapes every night or see dvds or whatever they were giving them 20 years ago 15 years ago uh i think you know if you're 50 years old you have the discipline but just just show up and just kind of just kind of just wing it we're going to put you on watch in the middle of the night in the persian gulf hopefully you won't run into everything kind of just learning on the job and oh by the way we just delivered a baby on the navy ship that was last year actually 2016 When they had the baby on the ship. Yeah. Raymond Spruance is turning over in his. Turning over in his grave. And we'll be right back on U.S. Defense Watch Radio. We've got about a half an hour left to talk about the ugly. All the bad things still going on in the U.S. military that have not been fixed. And actually are getting worse. Even under the Mad Dog Madison. Here's the guy that probably wouldn't last too long in the military now. By God, I actually pity those poor bastards we're going up against. By God, I do. We're not just going to shoot the bastards. We're going to cut out their living guts and use them to grease the treads of our tanks. We're going to murder those lousy Hun bastards by the bushel. Oh, my God. Can you see it now? General Patton... He'd be, he'd be on CNN. Patton swearing, says he wants to kill the enemy. Don Lemon would just be losing his mind. And Anderson Cooper. Oh, my God, a general that actually wants to win wars. We can't have him like that. You know, and the funny thing is that Patton actually was facing off against the – there was actually a PC crowd back during World War II who was just appalled that Patton would, would be insulting our, our fine Russian allies. I mean, for God's sake, what does this man Patton know? about anything, about any anything in history. He's insulting our Russian allies. Joe Sullen is a great guy. And Pat, of course, proved them all, all those idiots in Washington, wrong. As soon as the war ended, the Russians were, <laughs> before the war ended, the Russians were our enemy. Patton was right. He was right about it. All right, let's talk about the ugly. And I made a list before it came on the air, and believe me, the list of the stuff that's ugly is a lot <laughs> A lot longer than the good and the, even the bad. Let's talk about this. A recent article that I had on usdefensewatch.com, I think last week, that the Navy waived uh, the PT physical fitness test for 48,000 sailors. Now think about that. 48,000 sailors could not pass the PT test in the Navy. Okay, We're talking basic stuff. You use some push-ups, some sit-ups. You got to do run, run a couple miles in a certain time. Couldn't do it. 48,000 flunked. That's about I don't know how many guys are on an aircraft carrier, 4,000. there about 12 aircraft carriers worth of people. Can't handle and pass the basic physical test in the Navy. There is a problem. General Mattis, we have a problem. Yeah, and I don't know what, where this stuff is on his list, to-do list. Okay, obviously ISIS was probably number one. Uh, dealing with that moron in North Korea, that crazy man, is probably number two. Uh, but, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the military uh, that's uh, – social engineering stuff that's just destroying it. All right, and, and, the, and the thing is you, have to, you have really have two problems going on in the military. You have the millennial generation, which is completely out of shape. They were out of shape when they reported to the military. The training is so soft that they're not getting in shape while they're in the military, and their leadership is so weak that they don't care if they're in shape. It, it's like a trifecta of tear, of, of complete – just you know, it's it's just lunacy. You have got to be in shape if you're gonna be in the military. You're not working for Google. And that's another problem as these people running the military, these social justice wars, they think, oh, well, you know, it's no different than if you're just working at the millennial startup down the street where you go get your Starbucks and go into the, your little cubicle. It's no different. It's just the US military. We just fight wars. All right. And the Navy – you know, segueing from the Navy story, we'll go into the Green Beret story, which I talked about ad nauseum a couple weeks ago. It still hasn't played out yet. Basically, in, in summation, he had a letter written by, uh, I believe, uh, several people, sergeants, NCOs, officers at uh, the JFK Special uh, Warfare Center and School down at Fort Bragg, the home of the Green Berets, U.S. Army Special Forces, basically saying that the Green Berets are throwing out all their standards. In the, in the qualification course, the only way you can get thrown out of there is if you injure yourself. And they, you know, they wheel you out in a gurney. They will probably wheel you back in after you heal. And it used to be you had to you had to really hit, make some grueling physical standards. You had to be in good shape to be a Green Beret, excellent shape, awesome shape. But you know, they're probably getting pressure from Capitol Hill from people like Claire McCaskill and you know Pocahontas Warren and soccer mom Julie brought that there aren't any women that are green berets because they can't make it. So let's just not have any physical standards and then everybody can come in. Hey, you know that old lady you just saw going into, you know, Denny's restaurant with the walker? She's about 102. A Rose, she just celebrated her 102nd birthday. Well, why why she should be a green beret? I think we need to give everybody a chance. You know, that fat kid in, 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 in middle school that, you know, that, that you bombarded with dodgeballs that uh, it was uh, 300 pounds in high school. Well, he should be a green beret too. Everybody, you know, we feel sorry for him that we threw some dodgeballs at him. Let's give him a green beret. Green berets for everybody. Everybody gets a beret. It's like everybody gets a. And, I, you know, the special forces community, the veteran community is up in arms over it, and they should be. It hasn't played out yet. But um, the way the military has been acting on everything, just expect them to roll over it and expect to see that 102-year-old lady from Denny's with her walker uh, with silver wings on her chest, knowing that she's one of America's best. It's just, it's just a disgrace, a disgrace. Uh, you know, quote my uncle was in the original Project Delta in, in Vietnam, 69, called it disgusting. I agree with him. All right, and then we move on to the transgender issue in the military. Oh, what's a military without some transgenders? Well, you know, Tr- uh, Tr- President Trump had basically said that uh, he was, you know, one of the Pentagon ordered him to ban transgenders in the military. He is the commander in chief. What he says goes in the military. But of course, the Liber- liberals can find any kind of federal judge and dig these guys out of, you know, some some alley in San Francisco that are going to rule against it. A couple of federal judges ruled against it. The Pentagon rolled over. Now, if you're transgender, you can go right back in the military or sign up. It's just, it's, it's, it's beyond asinine. The president of the United States is, runs the military. He's the commander in chief, not a federal judge. Does this mean that everything the Pentagon does is going to be ruled or overruled by some lunatic federal judge? That's a friend of Elizabeth Warren's. I mean, it's just and where's Mattis on it? He just I haven't heard Mattis on anything. I I really I really haven't. He's probably you know reading one of his books in his fifteen thousand volume library. Nothing against having a library, but you know I thought this guy was going to be coming into the Pentagon, you know, um, my Patton arriving in North Africa, kicking butts, siren blaring, getting the job done. He hasn't done one thing uh, to unseat any of the social engineering insanity. So that's what I said on a show about a week and a half ago. If General Mattis isn't going to do the job, they need to bring in somebody who's actually going to do it. Because believe me, the military is not going to survive this. Okay. And I and I and I think that's one of the biggest problems with the generation that's running the military right now. I call them generation rationalization. Everything is rationalized. Everything, you know, put that square peg in a round hole. Make it work. Transgenders. Oh, yeah, we, we can make it work. Uh, open homosexuality, sexual assaults. No problem. We can make that work. Women in the Green Berets. They can't pass. We'll just have no standards. We can make it work. 37 year old mommy a two wants to make it through ranger school. Just let her go. Give her about 2000 chances. Eventually, just, just just pass her. She's the ranger. Rangers lead the way. I mean, it's just these, – these guys are, have rolled over on everything from the mad dog all the way down to a lot of the leadership. And they're doing like that idiot Zontag who's running the JFK Special Warfare Center in school to Scott Miller, General Miller, who's running Benning when the Ranger School fraud happened. Three's a fraud down at Fort Benning. So you have the transition. They have Chelsea Manning you know, who was pardoned by Barack Obama because he felt sorry for her. She's one of the biggest traitors in the United States history, but he felt sorry for her because she was – she's transgender and she's changing genders, and the military, the army wasn't going to give her gender reassignment surgery, but she felt sorry. So let's pardon the traitor, and the, the traitor complains because she's not being given her gender reassignment surgery and the army being spineless now. In 2016, actually, it happened said, okay well we got to give her gender reassignment surgery and of course now it's 2017 and uh, she's pardoned and uh, she's now I believe a contributing writer at the Guardian oh yeah a real i mean if you look go on wikipedia go on the Chelsea Manning page and look at the awards she's been given you know like the peace party of Sweden some pinko party in Germany probably the ones that are you know responsible for lending in uh, 2 million people from the middle east it goes on and on she's getting all these awards because she's a she's a real hero. she she's a traitor. She should be in jail the rest of her life. You know, in her earlier days she would have been breaker moranted. But uh, you know, we've got to be nice. We've got to be nice to everybody, even when they're traitors, because uh, just that's the way it is. It's generation rationalization running the Pentagon. And when we come back on U.S. Defense. We have got about 20 minutes left. We're going to continue going through the list of the ugly events that uh, General Mattis has not taken care of yet or his uh, cohort in crime fighting, fighting Joe Dunford. We'll be right back on U.S. Defense Watch Radio. This is Ray Starman, your host on U.S. Defense Watch Radio. It's 55 degrees in Los Angeles, probably one of the warmest places in the United States. If you're living anywhere else except warm Southern California, stay warm, bundle up, get some hot coffee or tea. I've got 20 minutes left here on U.S. Defense Watch Radio. If you're going to listen to this on podcast, you're listening live or you can listen later. There's about 20 minutes left in the show. I'm going through the good, the bad, and the ugly. The Pentagon's successes and failures in 2017. And we talked about what a great job the Pentagon is doing in kicking the living hell out of ISIS. ISIS, a little message from U.S. Defense Watch Radio for you Deus Vault. Deus Vault. And uh, you can just Google that. It's a little little rallying cry from the Crusades. Um, let's take a look at continuing with our list of the ugly. On U.S. Defense Watch Radio, we we left with Chelsea Manning, uh, one of the biggest traitors in U.S. history who should be in jail, but is instead a contributing writer for Guardian, courtesy of the Kenyan Commander-in-Chief, Barack Hussein Obama. Okay, let's move on to Bo Bergdahl. Mr. Bo Bergdahl deserted his unit. You know, there's six guys who died looking for that guy. And, you know, it's just unbelievable. Six guys died looking for that guy. That scumbag. Uh, Another at least half a dozen or dozen guys, I can't even remember the exact amount, were wounded looking for Bergdahl. So Bergdahl, we've got his court-martial, and during the court-martial, President Trump was tweeting some anti-Bergdahl things. President Trump likes to tweet, and the presiding judge at the court-martial, Colonel Jeffrey Nance, who, like most of the senior leadership in the U.S. military now, is a liberal, pro-Obama, deep state hack, social justice warrior. He just was so upset at President Trump that he just basically had to let poor Sergeant Bo Bergdahl off. Because, you know, after all, Bergdahl was basically a prisoner of the Taliban. See, what Bergdahl hadn't realized, he should have just read a little history that, you know, when you you desert to the bad guys – like you know, the East Germans and the, the North Koreans and the Russians and stuff—they pump you for information. Then they treat you like dirt if they don't just blow your head off right away. Bergdahl, there, there's like you're going in there like Kim Philby, where you're going to be lauded as a hero. Okay, you were you're just you were just a, you know a nobody. They, they pumped you for info. I'm sure you talked, and then they, they treated you like a prisoner. Okay, Bergdahl did suffer at the hands of the Taliban, but the fact of the matter is, you still should have been given some prison time. But Colonel Jeffrey Nance was so upset at President Trump because President Trump is a conservative and he wants to make America great again. And Nance is, you know, for Hillary or, you know, the socialist guy from Brooklyn who honeymooned in the Soviet Union. And so he just had to let poor Bergdahl go. And you know that Bergdahl is still waiting to hear, but he might get $300,000 in back pay. I could use three hundred thousand dollars. I know a lot of you people listening could too. And he's also appealing his dishonorable discharge because his lawyer said that you know Bo really needs those VA benefits. Yeah, probably you know he wants to go to school and maybe be a maybe be a professor, and uh, he can teach kids all what he knows about deserting his unit in war. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's not only unbelievable, Bergdahl is unbelievable in itself. Okay, he's a deserter, it's happened before. But the fact that this guy let him off because he doesn't like Trump. What I mean, I'm telling you, the senior leadership of the military is just it is is infested with these people like Nance. Infested. You know, if you think that the military is run by conservatives now, think again, okay? In in the last ten years, you know, the 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 warriors, the studs, the conservative people—they left the military. I mean, if you if you're conservative listening to the show, obviously, would you want to be around when everybody around you is, you know, uh, running around like it's San Francisco in 1967? You know, the military is like, you know, hate Nashbury now. Peace. Uh, okay, let's move on. So, all this stuff is going on. Where's General Mattis on any of it? The Green Beret standards, the Navy slugs, forty-eight thousand of them. Forty-eight thousand. The transgender fiasco, fiasco, because and that the federal judges basically uh, running the Pentagon right now. We have the women in the combat arms issue. With General Mattis has not done anything about? Them. I loved when he was grilled by uh, Kristen Gillibrand before he was this uh, his uh, confirmation hearing, and she was just ensuring that. Uh, he would never take away that that authorization by Ash Carter to allow women to serve in the combat armed special operations forces, because you know if war is about anything, it's about gender neutrality and giving women an equal opportunity out there. Of course, Kirsten Gillibrand would know an M sixteen from a melon ball, okay, or an F fourteen from a, a, free, a turkey meatloaf, but it doesn't really matter. She is in charge of the U S military with Claire McCaskill and Pocahontas. And, and, and Gillibrand is dangerous. She's like uh, that idiot Claudia Kennedy, who's on one of those. She, uh, Gillibrand is actually on the Senate Armed Services Committee. Okay, so you know, it, to her, it's just all equal opportunity. Don't worry about actually fighting the war. It's it's just a it's just a total debacle. And I thought really Mattis was going to do something, but um, obviously uh, he hasn't. And you have to wonder. Why hasn't he done anything? Now you can say, well, Ray, he's too focused on ISIS, North Korea, all our enemies across the world, Iran. We've got to deal with Iran, those mullahs. Okay, yeah, he's focused on all that stuff. But he knows how the military has been screwed up by this. I know he isn't for any of this either. Is fighting Joe Dunford, but they're not doing anything. So who is running the Pentagon now? Is it the, the federal judges and these, these 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 moronic idiot liberals that are there that are in, in Congress? Yeah, who who's in charge? I don't know. I don't know. But it's gonna be interesting. I, I I don't think he's gonna do anything. I think he's gonna roll over and everything. I really do. Oh yes. Then let's talk about uh we got a couple more people to talk about here before we get into the last topic. As far as the list of the ugly. Reality winner. She was the uh ex intelligence air force intel specialist. I think she spoke Persian and another dialect. Uh worked for a contractor that worked for the NSA. Reality, like Chelsea just decided that, you know, uh, apparently reality winner hates America and hates Fox News. Think of, Oh, my God. And not necessarily in that order. And she felt that she needed to do something by basically passing on top secret signals, intelligence information, some of the most classified stuff that the U.S. has to some news sources, commit some treason. Uh, I, I don't know what. Is going on in the intel community that they could create people like Manning and Reality Winner. I didn't know people like Manning and Reality Winner when I was in the military. Okay, I, I don't think a lot of p- vets have, knew people like Reality Winner and Manning. You know, I, I didn't know any traitors that uh, sold out their country and then decided they were going to get a sex change. And when they didn't get a, and they get that sex change, they 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 went on a hunger strike. And then the army just caved in and said, "Well, we wouldn't want Chelsea to die, so let's give her that gender reassignment surgery." And oh, by the way, the president's going to pardon you because he feels sorry for you, even though you're a traitor. I don't know. Reality Winner's uh, trial's coming up. I think it's March 2018. Hopefully, they throw the book at her too. People cannot be if you you know this classified information at that level of top secret, top secret SCI. It it does it can do grave damage to uh, U.S. national security. And moving on to another real winner in the U.S. military that we found out about in 2017 was Second Lieutenant Spencer Rapone, you know, the communist guy who apparently was a communist in the open at West Point. Apparently, everybody knew. And uh, what did the West Point cadre do that running the school? Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. It's generation, realization, running the military. Ah, so what if the guy is a communist? It's no big deal. Cold War is over with. So what if he wants to overthrow the government in the United States? So what if he said he's infiltrating the U.S. military to destroy it? Come on. It's generation rationalization. Everything goes. We can, we can rationalize a reason why poor Spencer would be the way he is. So what if he wears a Che Guevara T-shirt under, underneath his uh, West Point uniform? Or he says communists will win. He has a little placard that in the service cap at the point. Now, then he actually came out about uh, two months ago. He came out of the uh, Kremlin, went on Twitter. With all his little pictures, and he called the uh, Secretary of Defense a vile evil F, ending in K. You can put that together. I believe that's a crime under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, but hey, I'm just a – i am just just was just a captain. What do I know? What do I know? Uh, Rapone, last I checked with the nice people up there at the Fort Drum PAO office, they're like, well, he's still – he's being investigated. Yeah, no, no kidding. We know that. Uh, is he – what kind of job does he have now? Is he policing cigarette butts up? Oh Well, we don't have anybody do that in the military anymore. Uh, they probably outsourced labor. Uh, is he a platoon leader still? Because he was a platoon leader in the 10th Mountain Division. 10th Mountain Division is a is a great unit. Bob Dole was in the 10th Mountain Division in World War II. Almost died. Uh, that unit is a phenomenal unit, and to have a scumbag like Rapone serving in it is just <laughs> – it's just another nail in the coffin for the u s military, but everything is rationalized because generation rationalization is running the Pentagon and then let's talk about the last topic here. There was a uh, report put out by the uh, government accounting office gao is about a fifty four page report. you can actually download it from one of the articles on this that the uh, the report suggests that the way the military could stop uh, all the problems they're having with sexual assaults is to be less masculine. And I believe the word they, they use is to stop the uh, hyper-masculinity. So apparently if the U.S. military becomes less masculine, then the sexual assaults will stop. I, I just wonder, and this was a report sent to the Department of Defense. Now, will the Department of Defense do anything about it? Maybe. Look at all the other stuff they're allowing to happen. You know, Maybe somebody can slip it into the Mad Dog's doghouse. And tell them about it. Um, I don't know who these people think actually fights and wins wars, but uh, you might want people that are a little bit hyper-masculine to uh, put Cold Steel downrange. We've kind of needed that, those hyper-masculine guys to uh, fight the revolution. There's a lot of hyper-masculinity during the Mexican-American War, a lot of of hyper-masculinity during the Civil War. Uh, hyper-masculinity following Teddy Roosevelt up San Juan Hill, Spanish-American War. A lot of hyper-masculinity in World War I, in the trenches of France. You know, Sergeant York, hyper guy. Yeah, hyper guy. Pershing, hyper Lee, hyper Grant, hyper Washington, yeah, he's a hyper-masculine guy. Swamp Fox, hyper-masculine. Yeah. Yeah, Zachary Taylor, hypermasculine. The Winfield Scott, hypermasculine. Oh, and moving on to World War II, Patton, Ike, hypermasculine. Bradley, hypermasculine. I mean, you know, I I hate to tell these people that these morons that are in the uh, the government that filed the report. There's probably some feminist group, but uh, you know, the way we beat Nazi Germany and the, those bad Japs that bombed us at Pearl Harbor was by being the roughest, toughest, most hyper-masculine, mean SOBs on the planet. I don't know what these people think war is like or the military is like, but they don't have a foggiest idea about the military. But yet they're being allowed to dictate policy. I, I'm telling you, this, this report <coughs> is going to bear fruit. Oh, yeah, because – excuse me. Every time I say that it can't happen, it does happen now. And every time I say what could be next – there's something crazier, from the red high heels of the pregnancy simulators to the Chelsea Manning and Berg dolls and Rapones and reality winners, to the reports that tell the U.S. military to be less masculine. Oh yeah, and I believe I, I can't remember who, who wrote the report. It was some uh, some woman who was a PhD or something, you know, who uh, obviously, you know, probably never been in the military, probably never been in combat. I, I just don't know. Uh, how these people think we uh, – we, we, how we fight the Korean War, Vietnam, Desert Storm, Iraq, Africa, but without being uh, hyper-masculine. I, I have news for these people that the type of people who join the military, men, they're hyper-masculine. Okay? They're not uh, the guys that you see that want to be Broadway choreographers or art critics. God bless them, you know, those people. We need those people in society too. But the, uh, the guy that joins the Rangers or special forces or armor or infantry – You know, whatever, MPs, whatever, um, Navy. These people are hyper-masculine, but apparently we don't need that. We don't need that anymore. We need a military that looks, is filled with people that are fashion designers. So the question is, where is General Mattis on this? Does he read that report? Because the way things are going, he's not doing anything to stop it. Oh, he's doing a great job, like I said. Beating ISIS, A+. Plus. Dealing with the Navy? Navy. <laughs> I was going to play the McHale's Navy theme leading up to the Navy stuff. You know, as bad as McHale's Navy was and was only a TV show, at least they won World War 2 I'm not sure what the Navy could do right now. I remember last year? Was it uh, last year? I think it was about, a, no, actually it was two years ago. When that uh, guy surrendered his riverine craft to the, uh, you know, he's, he was superbly armed. He had more guys, and he, and he surrendered these, these these super studded out, you know, pimped out riverine craft to these these little I, I, Iranian revolutionary guards. They looked like they're on Bill Bass's fishing show, and these little boats, you know, it was like the scene from Stripes when they they open the back of the nap. I'll just hand them over, boys. Here, hand over your guns. Here you go. A are part of Obama's navy. Just hand them over. These Iranians are, and then, and then this guy, this lieutenant, I can't remember his last name now. Forgot his last name, but, oh, yeah, he was a real prize winner. He's probably going to be chief of naval operations. So they, the Iranians drag him in. They're, they're, they're now, you know, under guard, theoretically, prisoners, prisoners of war, well, prisoners. And uh, this guy violated every tenet of the code of conduct, you know, thanking the Iranians for their their, their just their, their wonderful hospitality. Thank you so much. Thank you, Iran, for your wonderful hospitality. And uh, while he's basically violating uh, articles, I was a one and two of the Code of Conduct. One of his men, I think it was his chief petty officer, was openly weeping on camera for for the whole world to see. I mean, I got got news for this chief that uh, uh, we didn't have guys who cried on camera at Midway in Pearl Harbor, at least not in public. Maybe they went and locked themselves in a closet crying over their buddies that they saw. In the face of the enemy, I don't think these guys were crying. OK, there's this guy. He's just, he's just weeping. I mean, I mean, I, honestly, I think he should have been on Oprah. Oprah could have had him on. He probably would have been a great guest on Oprah or maybe they would have loved him. You know, he could have been on uh, CNN talking to Don Lemon about how it was just, you know, he, he just was in touch with his feminine self. And he just felt like he needed to cry in front of those Iranians that we just surrendered to, even though we were, you know, superbly armed. Apparently, the lieutenant in charge and his NCOs had never read the, that part of the code of conduct. Says, "I am an American fighting man. I will never surrender. I will never surrender while I have the means to resist." What does that mean? It means you don't surrender if you have the means to resist. And I'll tell you one thing: I'm not. I wouldn't surrender those, those Iranians. But you know, it. Uh, John Kerry, he got him back, and uh, we probably paid him some more. Obama probably flew in some more Swiss francs to him in the middle of the night with uh, Susan Rice's blessing and they probably sent uh, James Taylor over with some pure one candles uh, to make everybody feel good and uh, away you go because, uh, but the thing is, is you thought this stuff was going to end when uh, Barack Obama left and left to play golf 24 hours a day. And you thought, well, that, you know, Trump's bringing in the mad dog. Trump went to military school. He's bringing in the mad dog. The generals are going to solve it. They're not doing anything about any of this stuff. You know, they can destroy ISIS, they can get money from Congress to purchase more equipment and stuff, but if you don't have the people that have the skills or the motivation, if there's no warrior spirit, if there's no esprit de corps, if there's no training standards, if nobody's in shape, well then about three quarters of your military, three quarters of the system is sinking, has a hole in it, and I don't know when they're going to figure that out. So, you know, we we've only got a couple minutes left here in US Defense Office. We're gonna sign out about uh, thirty seconds early. You know, my message to Lieutenant uh to uh, General Mattis and to uh fighting Joe Dunford is grow a pair. Grow a pair. I think you need to tell these people that are uh trying to influence US policy or the military. They're trying to take it down with social engineering. People like McCaskill and Pocahontas and Julie and the rest of them to shut the hell up and sit down. You heard it right here, General Mattis. Grow a pair. This is uh, Ray Starman on U.S. Defense Watch Radio. We're signing off about just 30 seconds early right now so I can get some some water before I start coughing. I have a dry throat here. And uh, stay warm, rest of America, and we'll see you either tomorrow or on New Year's Day for another Great broadcast on U.S. Defense Watch Radio, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.